So after I re-listened to this interview with Monica Lynn, I was like, wow, she really dropped some gems and I may have to re-interview her and kind of clarify some of the things that she said in this interview that I promise will be life-changing. Welcome to Unfiltered with Ava. That's me, your host. Perpetually curious, I love interviewing intriguing people across the globe every chance I get. Okay, so everyone listening, this is Monica. And Monica, from what I understand, did I did you and I meet on Phoebe Coon's um group or how did we meet? Yeah, yeah, the human design course. Okay. All right. And and what are you thinking of that while we're just right here? Have you which like yeah. did you buy any of her big products or No, I was actually really new to Phoebe and then and, and human design. And then um, I just had heard a lot about human design and I thought, you know, um, why not? (laughs) I really liked her and, um, you know, she seemed like she knew a lot about it. So, yeah, it was all really new to me. How did you find her? Was it um, an ad or how did you ever come across her herself? Gosh, I'm trying to think. Like, it must have been an ad and then... um, Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really remember. You know how that goes. Well, I think leads to another. No, I think for me, it was an ad too. And, you know, I mean, I feel like you have to hand it to her. I mean, she appears to have her shit together, but have you, so you've not taken any courses with her though or anything? No. mm -mm. Okay. So I've done a couple of her um, courses. I've done a lot of her free stuff. Her free stuff is so incredible. Um, you know, she talks about imposter syndrome and a lot of stuff about like self-worth. And, um, I feel like that those are hard subjects to get across to other people sometimes, and they've almost become mm-hmm. a cliche of themselves. So I know you are a coach and from what I gathered, um, I don't know, are you kind of between business and a manifesting coach or how would you? Yeah, it was really tough. I think for anyone that's kind of starting out because, you know, it's, it's like, you've got to, you know, you often hear like the finding your niche. Well, nobody likes to be put in a box, right? So it's like, hmm, like, what do I really love? What am I really passionate about? Manifesting has been um, what, what? So manifesting, you said, is kind of what got you here, like just being a coach and at this interview? Um, well, it really got me to a lot of massive shifts yeah. in my life, I would say massive shifts in my life the, the manifestation yeah. process so it's something you love. I, love I love manifestation too and I used to kind of do I was really you know I totally feel you I was I was gonna do kind of a manifestation channel and it wasn't I, I didn't want to focus on just that but it is um just that right and you're talking about being put in a box and niching and I think that's one thing that a lot of us some people can really do one thing right like a tarot reader or um there are people that literally like Roxy talks and Jasmine Sear. Do you know them from the manifestation community? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's like two examples, like that is their life. Right. Um, But so for you, it's something that you like. So are you one of those people that, you know, 
for me, whenever I tell my, I have a school and when I talk to my students about niching down, I'm, I'm really like, you're not really putting yourself in a box. You're just putting your best foot forward with the top three to five things that you excel at. Right. Not correct. But I think people generally assume niche as a one and only, and that it's just it's such a broad sweeping generalization. So if anyone's listening, women, um, when we say niche, in my opinion, I mean, it's can be three to five things that you are incredible at that you're incredibly passionate about because not everyone is going to have like one thing. I mean, some of us just our soul calls right to more. Absolutely. So for me, um, I, I really wanted to focus on, so my main thing that I, that I do practice on and that I teach is, um, so is actually the identity shift. So that, yeah. So like that for me was able to help. I wanted to be able to help people with manifestation and really get to the groundwork. It was like, what's the foundation? You know, it's not really starting from like where you are. And I think that that's what I like that. I really, it's not, I think, but that's what I really stand for. It's like, I really want to help people really create the person that they envision. And a lot of the times it really starts with, you've got to start at the foundation and you've got to look at where am I coming from? What are those limiting beliefs? What's blocking me? What's standing in my way? What am I doing to block myself? Right? So it's like, yeah, you want to create all these things, but how is your foundation? How is your relationship with yourself? Yeah. And that, you're totally right. I think that we go at manifestation also from like an external locus of control instead of being like being that person who has already received that, that basically what I would term the ideal self um, as much as possible. Right. And we're going to get into that with the <laughs> interview, but that's really, really cool. And one thing that's interesting too, is uh, Phoebe also talks a little bit about identity um, and, and it's important. So so that's kind of like your signature trademark work is just kind of like getting people into being now who they will be when they have what they want. Kind of, is that loosely the, the idea? Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, identity shift and magnifying the magic within. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Do you want to say anything about magnifying the magic a little bit on that since maybe people. Absolutely. So a lot of the times we are looking at external. Okay. So even when we are, if we want to talk about, We'll just use the example of manifestation. So a lot of the times we're looking for that external first, the validation, right? The authority. Um, when And it's coming from a place of disempowerment because if we, we are not creating that from the inside first, we're seeking external factors. So we're waiting for the, okay, now is the right timing. Okay, now you have the right money. Okay, or enough money. Now you have this where it actually, that begins within first, like it all starts within. So once you actually are like, okay, you have, you realize it's like, I'm trying to up level. Okay. So when every time there's an up level, there's an identity shift. If you've never done it before, if you've never experienced having, you know, the $10,000 months all the way to the $100,000 months, that's going to be a new level of you. So when we're talking, when I'm talking about magnifying the magic within, it's all about creating from where you're at, building that foundation and creating that on the inside first it's got to always come from the inside first to then become a reflection of the outside world 
Right, right. I totally agree. And it, and it's so simple. It's it's almost like stupid. And it's what we all miss. I really feel that um, no matter how much we've improved, whatever, just fill in the blank in any category, our diet, our fitness, our relationship, um, it's still we still default to that external locus of control. And that just most of us really don't understand. I feel the concept of self-love. And one thing that Phoebe teaches, um, well, she and a teacher were talking like you and I are now. And they kind of bounce off of each other. And the girl she was talking to said, self-love and boundaries are the solution to all of your problems. But very Mm -hmm. few of us get that self-love piece. And part of that involves totally embracing the shadow for absolute unconditional self-love now and total forgiveness of all of your perceived flaws and things that have held you back. And um, whenever you're saying when we can get that self-love piece right, and go inside that we manifest inside out with our energy essentially. Yeah. Because for me, I really do believe that like self-love is a devotion to ourselves and our purpose. So like when we are choosing that self-love, it's like we are choosing no matter how many times the roadblocks come before us, no matter what the struggles that life or the external world brings, it's like, it's staying the course of your purpose. And that is Mm self-love. It's like, no matter what comes up, it's like, I'm choosing myself. And it's that, it's that devotion. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And again, you know, I just did Phoebe's big uh, human design for business, you know, and it really, it literally changed my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, you know, I don't put on a pedestal. I, one thing I really like about Phoebe is she really is really open about her flaws and all of that. But, um, she talks about, you know, how you just now said staying true to your purpose, no matter what's Mm -hmm. going on, basically. And that's like a devotion and self-love. Um, she really talks about, um, like outside things, a fight with whoever, someone who, criticize you as a form of self-sabotage and a reason to kind of procrastinate and not stay again, like you said, true to your purpose. Right. And whenever, um, we allow those outside distractions, it's kind of like a self-betrayal that just because you had that fight with whatever, is not a reason that you can't put yourself out there today and serve. Right. But I will say something interesting is that a lot of the times, and this one can be a really hard pill to swallow. I mean, I remember when I first even started looking at this and I was like, ouch. But the a lot of the times, I mean, we are so powerful that a lot of the things that are even showing up in our lives, like those obstacles are really just reflections of how we think, even maybe towards ourselves. And they are coming up for a reason. Like they're showing us, it's mirroring to us, maybe how we talk to ourselves, maybe how that we can take this situation, like that certain obstacle and look at it and be like, hmm, where in my life am I thinking that way? Where in my life am I feeling that way about myself? Because the reality is that like, we are all one, right? So like anything that's happening in front of us is just projecting on what could be those subconscious blocks, the unconsciousness, or um, just the things that need to come to light, like you said, with the shadow and working through them. It's the same analogy, if you want to say like the universe is always working for me, not against me. If we look at it like every like we're being attacked or like that, it's it's like, but hmm, can I step back for a moment, not take this personal and try to shift through this and see why maybe this is coming up? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think one thing like you're talking about, like the shadow, I think a lot of us aren't really in touch. I, I think a lot of us walking around really think that we're really aware, but there's a level that we're not. And it's kind of the deeper unconscious, like the shadow and having are allowing the one thing that Phoebe taught me and it's so liberating is it's okay to be humiliated. It's okay to feel shame. Mm-hmm. We're not really given that permission. And most of us don't really, I think, even know what shame is, what it looks like or what it feels like, or what it looks like to shame others or be shamed. There's a level of like unconsciousness that really hasn't been unlocked. But when we become aware, I think of our humanness and get outside of our perfectionism, um, mm-hmm you know, we can kind of stop making excuses. Like you said, when this, when that, and I see really progressive women still do this and I am guilty of it before this program. Um, but I also did visibility coaching with uh, Marie Alvarado and these women like you are doing important, good work, you know, and you're reaching the clients that you're supposed to, um, go with. So let me go to the, some, the next question. Um, and unless you had anything else to say about that. No, that's okay. <laughs> Okay. So, um, so you've talked a little bit about what you do. Can you say why you do it and how long you've been doing it? Absolutely. Um, so I really feel that my, I can relate to my clients because there were so many, um, blocks that I had to get past on my own and that I had to go through. And, um, I asked for years, I would pray, I would pray what I, you know, I know that I'm supposed to be doing something. I know that there, that you, I just felt it, right. It was already inside of me. Of course I felt it, but I just couldn't put my, my finger on it. And I remember meditating one day in my apartment and this was years ago in Los Angeles. And I was sitting there and I was, I'm, I'm asking for this answer. And it was like, I want you to be love and light. And I remember being pissed off. I was like, what is that even supposed to mean? And I didn't grow up with any type of like religious background with nothing. I was taught absolutely nothing when it came to all this. It was very much a journey of my own. So even when I heard that phrase for the first time, like love and light, I'm like, that's, I was looking for an answer, right? I was looking like, oh, I want you to be a teacher. You need to, you know, something. And um, so I realized now looking back after all those years, I mean, we're talking 15 plus 16 years, it was like, oh, it was the journey that I had to go on to then to then realize that this is what I'm supposed to now be helping other people with. And lo and behold, that's exactly what I found out with human design (laughs) like that. That's I mean, we generally as coaches or just holistic providers, we generally um teach the things that we know really well that we've experienced, whether it was by choice or not. And just the things that we are adept at that we naturally have an affinity for. And then the things that we have worked through, we're able to teach others, which is great. Um, So on that note, um, what one piece of, of advice do you have for imposter syndrome? So for imposter syndrome, I've always been a fan of fake it till you make it. Um, some people will say, no, I, I personally do. I feel like you, there's a, like I was saying, when there's that next level and it's calling you, and if you have never been to that next level before, you have to take on that next level. I think that, um, you know, or I also say like borrow spirits, you know, borrow it from spirit, like call upon your, you know, your angels, ask God, like, Hey, ask for that courage 
to borrow, you know, like, hey, and like, I'm not this person yet. I'm not like, I don't feel this way. And it's like, if you don't have that courage yet, borrow the courage, ask to, to put me in a position where I feel that I am, you know, capable. And I'll just share a quick example. Like when I started doing my coaching, like I had never been an entrepreneur before. I had never run a business. I had never done any of those things, but how was I ever going to become that if I never started? So yeah, the imposter syndrome could take over and say, well, of course, and I did try, you know, the ego, like, well, who are you? You've never run a business. You've never done these things before. But then I, I counterintuited it with, yeah, well, I have to start somewhere. Right. And that's wise. So it's a little bit of playing pretend or just, you know, make believe and kind of um, garnering those childlike qualities and um, still like believing and not being, you know, kind of like the opposite, right? Which would be bitter and negative. Um, and then what was the last part that you said? Um, oh, asking for the courage. So you're communicating with spirit or your higher power and just not going alone, right? Correct. Absolutely. And it's funny because I have really moved beyond imposter syndrome, but I used to know it really well, which is really funny to me because when I asked you that question, I asked because I know it's a huge concern. It's really hot right now and it's really epidemic. And I'm really, really happy that I'm have moved beyond it. So when I asked you and I realized I'm listening to the answer, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a great answer because isn't it funny how when we move past things, sometimes it's hard to go back to feel that because we've kind of we've elevated beyond it. Right. And as a coach, you have to remember kind of like where you're at now is not where your client is. So you have to kind of go back there and remember, you know, what it was like to empathize and get them through it. Mm -hmm. So, um, what one piece of advice do you have for the visibility wound or fear of being seen? Um, what one piece of advice as far as, um, to be seen, like for it to, okay to be seen? Well, a lot of people have a visibility wound and, you know, we were, it's like with human design, you know, if you know your child's type, you're able to encourage it better, but so many kids were just shut up, be quiet or just whatever. Right. Um, yeah. the people who have a fear of being seen, um, or they have a visibility wound and they're, they can't bring themselves really to put themselves out there. It's kind of like, well, I will, after I lose five pounds, I'm doing it next week after this. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Yeah. So it's the same as I was kind of saying before, like you're, you have to be, you, you have to do it. You know, that's, that's one of my things that I work with with my clients. It's like, there's so, it doesn't anything ever seem so much more scary than when we just do it. Like the monster under the bed. It's like, when you just look, when you look and it's like, oh my God, it was a stuffed animal. You know, <laughs> of course it seems so much bigger and scarier in our heads. But the thing is, it's not, it's not going to get easier un unless you put the, you got to have the courage. you got to put the one foot in front of the other. Like, of course it's going to be scary. I mean, you'll hear, you know, even actors and actresses or, you know, singers, they can go on the stage for the hundredth time, you know, and they're still, they still get nervous. They still get the butterflies in their stomach. And that's just meeting faith with fear, you know? And, and I would also say that, you know, as far as like afraid of being seen, it is really, I think it's a lot of the time that we're going through right now. And, and we've been, we've been so afraid to show our light. We've been so afraid to step up to fear of judgment, fear of what other people are going to think. Oh, my family's never seen me this way before though. My family's never seen me as successful. They've never seen this version of me. Well, 
that's, that is, you know, a part of the old paradigm. If you're stepping into your next level, if you're stepping into the new paradigm, you know, the way showers, and if, if that's what you are desiring, the way showers, it's, it never said it was going to be easy. It didn't, it always said it was gonna, you know, the people who went where no one else went before was always, you know, you were the light in the darkness, you know, you made the path, there was no path before. So that's part of the journey though. That's part of like the excitement. If it was easy, it wouldn't, it's like, it kind of takes a little bit away from it. So just knowing that you get to do what you want to do. Right. Right. And earlier when you were talking about up-leveling kind of, or as I don't think up-leveling was the right word. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. (laughs) What was that concept? It was, it's like, it's just like up-leveling. Like there's always, you know, there's always a new level. Okay. So, um, so there's a quote that says, imagine your highest and best self and start showing up as her. I I always find that really inspiring. And then, you know, I'm being like, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Like you, that's what you want to do. Right. Always kind of striving to be your highest and best self. Um, and with, um, you know, earlier we were talking about a quote, um, you were saying like, all things work for my good and everything's happening for me, not to me. I know Shafali Sawberry taught that and it's really made its way around. And that's a really hard thing to remember sometimes <laughs> and just kind of trusting that the obstacle is the way and not being consistent. Right. Um, so let's see here on vis- on being seen my visibility coach, Marie Alvarado, she said, this really boils down to trusting in your own divine feminine leadership and that your voice is important. Like you said, and not running away from our light. And, you know, Phoebe talks about allowing yourself to redefine yourself and giving yourself permission that you don't have to be the way that you were, which we already kind of know, but I mean, really taking that full throttle and being like, I'm changing today and it's okay for me to change. And anyone who wants to discredit or say that I can't change, like they're not relevant. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the last thing I want to say that Marie would say is that um, we have to allow ourselves to be seen in the process of our growth and being imperfect you know, and like, that's it. That's the answer. Cause you're never going to be where you think that you should be. And you should embrace yourself now. And just like you said, do it. <laughs> and some I, I, I would, I would also that. add that that's where it really helps to have support because I, I think that you can attest. I've already heard you saying like you work with certain people. Yeah. I also did not go in it alone. Like I definitely had support when I first started, when I quit my nine to five job and I decided to start my own business. Like I did not go at it alone. I myself hired a coach and um, I I definitely had the support. So I'm not telling anybody. Yeah. I'm not telling anybody. It's like, you know, put your blinders on and just like jump in the deep end. It's like if you, and that's been my mantra ever since is I get to be supported. That's been a huge mantra for me. And, um, and it's, it's, been true, even when it didn't seem like I could, but I just said that was like my non-negotiable with the universe. It's like, if this is what you want me to do, then I get to be supported. And it's worked ever since. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I was going to also talk to you about. I think a lot of women and professionals, especially people, like you said, that are maybe new to the industry that are just learning how to become a holistic provider. They don't know how much support leaders have had 
to become mm. leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. we're always kind of surprised by like, you spent what on coaching, but it did what? Oh, wow. It was really yeah. worth it. But yeah. I would say with a disclaimer, um, you have to kind of, I feel like people should kind of study the coaches around a little bit and be because it's really easy to get like, you know, googly eyes and it might not be the right coach. Oh yeah. That's a whole nother episode. Right. <laughs> but you really have to trust. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's gonna be a whole, absolutely. I'm just saying that don't feel like if, like I would, I, I'm just saying that it's okay to be supported. Like that. Yes, it is. It I, absolutely yeah. Is. yeah. Um, okay. So, so this is kind of similar, but a little different. What one piece of advice do you have for women who are afraid to put themselves out there because they're afraid of haters and criticism? I know like you kind of, was that kind of the same answer that you said before? Well, I just, I mean, I would just pinpoint on that, that um, everybody, like nobody is ever always going to like you. I was thinking about this, like imagine Taylor Swift recently came out with an album, right? I, I think she like crashed the box box offices. It was the highest, like, I don't even remember the number. It was like a couple hundred million dollars. Like it was insane. And then like two days later, I remember seeing a post in this girl being like, I don't know, I might be the only one, but like, I don't like Taylor Swift. And I was like, there you go. No matter how big you get, no matter how, like, there are going to be people who talk and don't like you. And that's just the way it is. And the, the more that, the the quicker that we can just accept that and, like, keep doing our own thing, I think it would, like, is, like, the least, you know, then less the right. that we get. Right. It's kind of, like, Phoebe really helped me with that. She's just, like you get a payoff from your haters and they get a payoff from you. And there's no dark without light and there's no light without dark. And I have like that channel and I'm just like, like, that's my son. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I can accept that. Finally, I can process this. And um, she's just like, you know, you're honestly, you're nobody without haters. Like, you know, like Cardi B, thank your haters. And I'm not even like talking about my music genres or what I like at all. I don't know her albums, but I'm just saying she's just like, I want to thank my haters. And it's kind of like joking too. But at the same time, like you're right, nobody is going to like you all of the time. And, you know, Phoebe's just like, if you're not triggering people and kind of, you know, waking them up and getting a light bulb going or just creating some kind of attention, you know, then you're not being true to yourself, you know, that's part of the process. There's going to be people that love you, people that hate you, people that don't care. And that's it. And like you said, the kind of the sooner that you accept it, it's a lot easier, I think, to go into your visibility. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So do you think people pleasing and perfectionism are multi-generational and societal problems at large, especially for women folk? <laughs> 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 well, yeah, I mean, I, I talk about this often, too, because it's like, you know, that's just the way that our world was. And I mean, I think a lot of people would agree that it's changing. And, um, you know, it's the conditioning of society and that, you know, as women, we were, you know, as young girls, we're taught to like, be nice and be quiet and get along and to people please. And even if we get bad vibes from somebody, it was like, oh, you be nice to that gentleman, you know, and it's like, you know, as being in tune as we are, it's like, no, but I was getting bad vibes from him, you know, and, and we don't know that when we're young, it's just the way that we're taught. So um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very prevalent in today's day, but I, I'm so, I'm so, so happy that so many, so many of us are waking up to that and being like, we don't have to listen to past generations. We don't have to listen to that social conditioning any longer. We don't have to be the good girl. And gosh, we don't have to people please. <laughs> that was a that was a huge one. But wow, it's powerful when you when you take that back. 
It was huge for me too. And that's one thing that I learned with Phoebe and her team was just not, I think so many of us are not even aware of our perfectionism and people pleasing mm. tendencies. And mm -hmm. um, it's just like so ingrained in the parental programming and societal conditioning that it's just mm -hmm. a, a given. And for anyone listening, um, Sonia Troquette, uh, look her up on Instagram. She does a lot of lives and she's always, always talking about like 100% listening to your vibes, no matter what. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And she's so full of light. Um, so look her up and um, let's talk about what are your daily non-negotiables as a woman that might inspire our listeners from my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of them I kind of shared a little bit earlier was I get to be supported. That for me was, um, was and is very, very big. And now listen, it doesn't, that doesn't mean just also like a coach. It means like I get to be supported. For example, like I have two young, you know, I, I started my business while I was like six months pregnant with a, you know, a four-year-old. Now my daughter's nine months old and my son's five. And there were many times where I could have been like, oh, this is too challenging, you know, but when I also say like, I get to be supported, it means like I get to hire help so that I can also stay true to myself. Right. That's that self-love. Um, so that was really big for me and just not even ways of, of, of a coach, but in saying other ways in life, like I get to be supported also, um, you know, for example, you know, like let's men, God bless them, but they can, you know, like a lot of the times women being the, a lot of women have like the martyr archetype and, oh, well, nobody's going to do things the way that I can, you know, no one's going to cook the dinner and clean the house and they're not going to be able to do things as good as me. So I'm just going to do everything. So I'm just going to run the business. I'm going to run the home. I'm going to run the kids and take care of the school. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. You know, like talk about hitting burnout, like 2.0, but saying like, for me, it was a big one. Cause I was also, didn't want to ruffle any feathers and wanted to be that way. But when I kind of like took myself into the power situation, I was like, I let it know that it was okay that everything maybe wasn't perfect, but set my boundaries with my husband from the beginning, letting him know like, Hey, I'm taking my time out to do this. This is what's important for me. Like my time in the morning, like whether it's prayer meditation, like, um, I, it was just really setting those boundaries, um, was another really important thing. And I think that that's really important for women to hear is that they don't have to be like super women. Like they don't have to be the superheroes. They don't like that martyr archetype runs so strong because it was what we were also conditioned for so many decades. Right. Like we look back at the generation of like, you know, your grandmothers and that's all they knew was to take care, right. To do everything and to take care of the family. And now that times are shifting and us women are being called into these higher positions it's like navigating between the two, but you can also be the entrepreneur and you can also be, um, you can also enjoy motherhood at the same time. Sorry, I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think that's really, really important for women to hear that it doesn't have to be this or that, that it can also be both. Mm -hmm. No, I agree completely. I've had older generations of women say this linear, um, you can have it all, just not all at the same time. And it's, it's annoying to me. Um, life isn't waiting for anybody and it's, it's time to live it. And the other thing too, is if you're creating jobs by having people help you, because sometimes like you, there are different kinds of people with different purposes and not everybody is going to have as much on their plate as you do. And those people can help you manage that. And there's should be no guilt or shame in it. You're helping create jobs. People need jobs and you need support if that's, you know, 
if you're a oh, divine feminine leader, <laughs> 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 so important stuff. Don't be afraid to ask for help or get it or pay for it. Um, so do you do, I know for myself, I have kind of like the perfect schedule and time management. And it honestly, it, it's sad how long it took me to figure that out because it always <laughs> felt like in, in, unmanageable. And no matter how many things I tried to cut out, it was still too mm. much. And I had to get really serious with myself and my time and just being like, okay, if you actually want to accomplish the things that you're saying you want to accomplish, then you are actually going to have to manage your time, you know, pretty strictly. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some people thrive on schedules and other people, they don't need that because they're not doing as much and they don't have to be as vigilant, right? And that's fine. But if you are and you do, here's my question. Do you do everything on your schedule or everything you say you want to do and commit to every day? Or do you foul up and just kind of like keep going, not giving up? And for me, I feel like it's practicing. You know, it's like you you don't give up and you get better every day. You learn something new every day and you Mm -hmm. improve that commitment. But are you one of those women who are like, just, are you, have, have you nailed it? Or are you still kind of, you know, working your way through it? Yeah, no, um, absolutely not. And I don't, that's one thing though, is I do not, um, I don't strive for perfection. I don't, I'm not like, I don't expect that of myself. Um, but I do strive to always do my best. And as long as I know that we know, we know when we're like, we know when we're cheating. <laughs> we can't fool anybody. It's just like nobody cares if you're on your diet and you eat the donut. Like you know you're cheating yourself. <laughs> like nobody's yeah. nobody's there. Nobody's gonna come save you in that way. Um, but so I would say that for me, it's really about I'm a list maker. Also by human design, I, I'm a profile that like I like to make lists. And um, what I do is I'll usually like highlight like what has to get done today, what must I do today, and then um, you know highlight those things. Those are the ones that I'm going after. And then it's like now now what would be great if I got accomplished today, and what can be left for tomorrow. So that's really my routine. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely still, I'm still mastering time because like I said, as my, uh, you know, as with kids, I think it always kind of changes, you know, I mean, and, and again, like, I'm just talking about that with, cause that's my experience. Right. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's just doing, it's just doing the best that we can and not, right. not expecting perfection. Right. And that's one thing that I want to mention. Uh, Phoebe actually says that too. And she's just like, um, I'm doing my best and that's good enough, like as Mm -hmm. an affirmation. And that's really also something simple. It's very, very liberating. And also just the idea that you can make money and earn a living just being yourself um, and giving up all of these, the striving. And, you know, she throws perfectionism out the window. Her her lighting can be terrible and she Mm should shows up with wet hair. I, I love it. It's so liberating. Imperfection is, is, um, and I'm, I'm okay enough now. Right. It's so liberating. Um, and that's what we would want for our children. We would want them to feel like enough as they are, you know, these ideas of perfectionism. I don't know if it is from the media or, or I have no idea where it came from, you know, media and parental conditioning, but, um, whenever we allow ourselves to just not be perfect and be like, this is how it is. This is who I am. And whatever, you know, it's liberating, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. And I I really like how you said for me with my schedule, I'm just like, okay, I'm 20 minutes late on this, but I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. And like you said, perfectionism, it's just guys, goodbye, break up with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so 
We've only got a couple more questions here. We're going to go um, a little bit more personal. What does your diet consist of? If I'm coming over for dinner, like what are we having? What are your staples? <laughs> um, well, I love, I'm, I'm pretty much like naturally a lean eater. Um, I also suggest for people, if you want to find out like what's good for you, um, is getting like getting to know your blood type. So your blood type actually reveals like a lot of like what's really healthy for you naturally. Um, have you ever done that? Have you ever looked so at your blood I type? Have an, I have an online school for holistic medicine. We have like 1200 courses in it. Um, and we specialize in uh, advanced holistic nutrition, clinical herbalism, traditional naturopathy, spiritual medicine, and functional blood chemistry. So I know about this blood type book. I know it was written by a licensed naturopath. And I have to say for me, it's been totally debunked because it was inconsistent. And I feel that certain diets really do benefit a majority of people, even though we are bio-individual, which might mean a certain food might bother someone, but in general, an overall diet, um, I feel 99% of people would benefit from a general diet. Like everybody benefits from not eating sugar, right? Um, yes. <laughs> I don't believe in that book at all. Um, oh, I, believe okay. in, I believe in food sensitivity testing by Cyrax. That's what functional blood chemistry is. And that's also for my private practice. Um, I help my clients with predictive autoimmunity, predictive autoimmunity and symptom reversal. And you, you find that out by testing the blood testing the urine, testing the saliva. And, um, it's just called functional medicine. So that book, yeah, I personally don't, but if you've had a good experience with it, I mean, it, like, like you said before, <laughs> some things might be for some people and some things that might not be for other people. So if you're interested, I mean, you should check that book out. It's on Amazon. It's been revised probably at least two or three times. I mean, it's been around for about 15 or 20 years. Did you know? No, no, I had just, um, I was like, for some reason, and yeah, you, you, then if you know, like on another, that on another knowledge level, that was just a very basic thing for me. And I found that a lot of people that I, you know, I would just randomly ask if they were having like stomach issues, um, if they were eating certain foods and I am by no means like a, <laughs> a health educator, but I just did find it was interesting. I found it was interesting, like going back to my blood type that it was like, these are like the nuts and berries type of person. Like it's like a very, you know, craves red meat. And I, and I would often say that. And I was like, my body, like my, my iron, you know, would, would tend to get low. And it's like, but I'm just, you know, I, and some people would say like, that's not good for you. So, I mean, it can go into a whole nother, you know, thing, but for, for me, it just, it just seemed to, you like, know, like kind of spot on cool. for me. What is your blood type? If I may ask. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a positive. positive. What is it? All positive. Oh, and I'm a positive. My dad, I believe is he's, I think he's an O positive too, or I can't remember. Maybe it's O negative. Cause it's, I think it might be rare, but Blood type is really fascinating. And we teach a lot about that in the school. Um, oh my gosh, it's incredible. The blood itself. Yeah. But I didn't, one of the reasons I also didn't like that book, it's like, oh, it's it's a really sweeping generalization for four blood types, you know? Oh, then these people should be vegetarian. And I feel like that's way too dangerous. It gets into danger and in like blanket statements. But, you know, it's cool that you were interested in it because it is interesting um now mind you i did not i did not read the book though so i don't want to say i didn't read the book it was just something that i had seen online like about blood types and that um it, and and that's that's it but it was it was definitely like not okay. a book but to just okay. answer the question i would say simple like vegetables you know like a like a green leaf like a chick like a chicken or something okay. like that and i love sushi cool <laughs> so we have like a lean protein and a healthy vegetable that's good um 
Okay. So, so you said that you've been married and you have um, a nine month old and a four and a half year old and have you been married? So I've been married. uh, Let's see. We got married. uh, Well, I'll share a little something. We actually, so he was my high school sweetheart and um, we met when I was 14 years old. And um, it was interesting because I always say, and I would like tell him, like I ended up leaving. I was originally from Michigan. I left Michigan. I went off to um, the West coast, Los Angeles for about 14, 15 years and um, made my way when I made my way back to Michigan. And um, he had joked with me that he's like, well, I was waiting for you this whole time. I just didn't think that you would take this long. Um, And I joke with him saying that, well, I had to go on this long journey. And I basically I wasn't ready for a good relationship. You know, he came from a good family. He came from, you know, it was it was solid. And that didn't feel comfortable for me at my young age. Um, You know, I had a lot of things that I had to work out myself. So here we are. We finally got married. Um, It's only been about a year and a half. Um, I had my uh, my son with um, another man. And then we just and then we got married and had our daughter. Well, congratulations. That's a new marriage. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful story. I love it. Okay. So our last question is what one last piece of advice would you like to give our share with our listeners that might be life-changing? Yeah. So I would just, I would just encourage anybody who is, is listening that, um, you know, follow your heart follow your passion, whatever, you know, whatever you are desiring is waiting for you on another timeline. Like it's there. It's already there. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, you know, find, find your flock, find your people, find the people who inspire you and encourage you, whether it's on podcasts, on the internet. Um, if you can, you know, be friends with them always, Um, I would say like, stay close to those people because they really, um, they really keep the the fuel and the passion ignited within you. um, If you're not surrounded by that on an everyday basis and just, um, you know, and be creative with your life. Know that you get to create the life that you want and have fun. Mm -hmm. That sounds wonderful. And how can people find you and connect with you? So, um, I am Monica Lynn coaching, um, on Instagram. And then also my Facebook group is identity shift, magnifying the magic within. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today and your patience. (laughs) No problem. See, we stuck with it. (laughs) Oh, we did. And we got it done. It was fun. I learned a, a lot. You reminded me of a lot of stuff. It's just so easy. Like you said, with the support system, um, we really neglect to create a support system for ourselves and we just tend to isolate ourselves and um, good people that are like, you know, our tribe or whatever, just reground us and remind us, you know, perfectionism is trash, <laughs> all that. Yeah. And I you're one you three, of... right? Excuse me. Are you a one three profile? I'm a two four. You're a two four. So yeah. I remember you posting about something is some, is the two what is it like your information information maybe i actually i think that the three or the five is information but i could be wrong i'm the hermit opportunist so i'm like totally introverted and totally extroverted huh i could have swore like that's what, like one of the ways that i found you because you were like you had you had came up with something really awesome and you were like sharing it you 
you were like posting about it. Oh, I remember I posted all of my gates and I was giving her a hard time for not doing anything good on gate one. Oh, that's what it was. Cause (laughs) yeah. And I'm gate one. That's my son. Oh, you do. Yes. So that's why. Okay. Cause you were like, yes, you were giving a hard time about gate one. And I'm like, yeah, like what's up with gate one. It was 45. It was 45 seconds. So (laughs) I have since, you know, researched it. Did you learn anything about it? Um, okay. So ironically, like I got, I got into the course and I, I figured even though I'm so hectic right now with my schedule, I'm like, I'll have it forever. Right. Cause I do want to learn it. So I haven't got, I haven't really got a okay. chance to really jump in, but one, anything, like I said, if you want to share something quick on one, yeah. In case anyone else is. New. I mean, yeah. So basically gate one, I mean, people that are listening to probably have no idea what, what it is, but it's this thing called human design. And if you're familiar with it, there's different gates and channels. Um, and there's this one called gate one. And to me, you know, gate one, I mean, that should be somewhat significant. It's the first number. And it's basically, you know, she had made a joke in, in the program where she's like, well, unless you're a gate one. And she called him basically content factory, right? And I'm like, that's so insulting. I'm like, I have visibility wounds. And I, I'm like, do I have a lot of content? And I really do have content coming out of my ears. And it's a lot to manage. And you can do it if you really want to do it. But you really should only commit to that, which you really love. So you're not, and what will happen basically is what you don't love will fall off anyway. But with gate one, it's just like gate of communication and like passions. And we're meant to be like sharing, like that really is, you know, I mean, you can't help it. I mean, if you are born to be a leader, you have to come to terms with that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yes. Okay. All right. I will talk to you and I will let you know when this is published. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. For more info about me or the podcast, visit me online through my private practice, Luminous Health Miami at luminous.miami. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. 